everybody. Welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi, and with me this week is my fantastic co-host, Ann Stickney. Ann, what's going on with you? What's going on with me? Um, A bunch of stuff. World of Warcraft has been interesting because we got some new stuff introduced that we're going to talk about on the show anyway, Um, but I've been messing around with that. I am still at the point where Proudmore Admiralty is the only toy that I don't have from the Paragon boxes, so I have been obsessively doing Proudmore Admiralty stuff, and it just does not want to give me that music box. Like, it just doesn't want to give it to me. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just rep grinding like crazy. It's worse than the unicorn from the Cenarian Enclave people in Legion. It's just taking forever. I hope that music box is worth it. But yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing is just like obsessively grinding reputation and then doing the few new things that have popped up because that was kind of fun. I miss my my WoW playing has mostly been leveling my Kalteran. Yeah, I haven't actually done much else. How I, far I'm, are you at? Uh, mid eighties. I kind of hit a slow period because here's the thing: I got I had a weird moment the other day when I was like, you know, Dragon Age Two was really good, and then I went and reinstalled Dragon Age Two, so I've been playing that. <laughs> and so it was like I'm, like I'm playing Dragon Age 2 then I'll stop and I'll do some work I'll write for the site or whatever then I'll go and play some like Diablo and then some WoW and then I'll go back to Dragon Age 2 because now you're I, making I me know. want to pick up Dragon Age 2 again don't do that yeah. don't do that I, I gotta to go back you. to my Bioshock stream and I've gotta finish Bioshock Infinite because I'm almost done with it I think I don't know I think I'm like in the home stretch or whatever but I've been waiting to stream it and I think I need to make it a point to do, maybe I'll do that this weekend. I don't know. I have a bunch of plants to take care of this weekend. So we'll see. We'll see what I can do. Cause I, I really want to finish the game anyway. Yeah. We should probably do that thing where we talk about blizzard and its games. Cause you yeah. know, that is the point of the site. Yeah. Uh, I do think though, since you brought it up just before the show, the first thing we should talk about is the new quest line that leads up into the crucible of storms raid. Because that, that quest is live now. You can, you right. can get it. And, it wasn't and it, it wasn't live uh it wasn't live when eight point one point five came out. It was on the PTR, but it wasn't live when when the patch was introduced. Um they were just waiting until it was closer to the Crucible of Storms because this is all kind of lead into that and a little bit kind of motivation for why we're going in there in the first place. So um if you haven't run into this quest you aren't going to find it from a traditional quest giver. What you have to do is you have to go out and find one of the Naga Attack world quests. And they're just named Naga Attack. And while you're completing that world quest, you'll get a drop. And the drop is an Asharan medallion. That will start the quest chain for you. Um, nobody else will give it to you. You just have to go kill the dudes, get the medallion, and then you can go on and do your happy thing. And I don't really want to spoil the quest chain for people that haven't seen it, but there's a pretty cool cinematic involved. <laughs> One of those ones where your character is pictured, and there's cool stuff that happens afterwards. And you have the potential for getting a toy out of the quest chain if you want to. Um, I really recommend that people go do this because it's the return of a weapon one of the legion weapons and supposedly we drained all the power from those legion weapons but we did not so i'm kind of wondering if this weapon is still around and kicking and obviously doing things are any of the other ones actually still like dormant or whatever and just need to be revived you know what i mean 
Yeah, I, I'm going to do it on my Death Knight, but I'm not going to do it on my Warrior, because mm-hmm. I actually don't want my Warrior to have that on them. My Warrior's oh. had enough to deal with. Doesn't well, you can that. get rid of it, but, though. It's, you're fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever want it at all. I don't want to be involved in that thing. Uh, I don't think my Warrior would, would truck with that thing. So, yeah. But my, my Death Knight will do it, so I get to see it and experience it lore-wise. When um, you complete that's... the whole quest chain, you do get a quest that will lead you in to the Crucible of Storms raid. It's like a kill quest for the Crucible yeah. of Storms. It's basically, in fact, the stuff you do in this quest is part of the whole reason why this raid has to happen. It's sort of, it's kind of cool, and it, it's sort of on players. Like, it's, oops, uh, sort of my bad, guys. Okay, we're gonna have to go kill some tentacle things. That uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, we're all sorry. We all did it. You know, I, I do find that. I, I like you it just when they blame make it on personal. the tort. Blame it on the tortolan, the one that sends you. As we do like, all so many things. Yeah, just blame it on them because they were the ones who were like, "Yeah, go find an altar, put it on there, and just see what happens." <laughs> I will also say that it's cool that if you're a specific class mm-hmm. that that had the weapon in Legion the quest is slightly different to account for that. So they haven't forgotten. And that's cool. No. I like that. No, which is pretty great. Anyway. So yeah, check that out. Like I said, the, the world quest is called Naga attack. Go do that. You'll get the drop. When you get the drop, it'll start the quest chain and then you can go ahead and see how it all plays out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Since we're talking about that though, um, we might as well talk about the fact that there's going to be a rise of Ashara live stream on the 11th which is tomorrow as we're recording this and yesterday as you're hearing it if you're not hearing it live it's um, not ian that's doing it it's jeremy feasel that's doing it which i think is fantastic um yeah, but yeah it's good to get be, to see something else they're going to be going over 8.2 stuff and talking about the patch and i guess what to expect and the ptr I'm assuming that since they're going to give us the stream where they're talking about 8.2 on the PTR, that we should be seeing 8.2 on the PTR quickly. I would expect so, yeah. It, yeah. It probably. I, my money's on next week. Um, I, think I think they're, they're going to definitely... start rolling it out on Friday. I think it'd be cool. Okay. We'll see which one of us is right when it happens. But by, by now, if you're listening to this recorded, you know which one of us was right. So, I don't yeah. know. I guess tweet it, Blizzard Watch, and let us know. <laughs> uh, but... One of the things I think is interesting is that Crucible Storms is definitely the lead up yeah. to 8.2. Yeah. And I think that if Crucible Storms is going live you know, next week, which it is, it's next Tuesday, uh, that implies to me that we're going to maybe have a month or two with it, with the Crucible, and then we're going into the we're going into the next patch. That's my – I'm going to actually say that I think it's probably going to actually be 77 days because they've put in kind of in-jokey references to 77 this time around because like, that was a theory yeah. last time. Yeah. And they've actually put in in-joke references and stuff to it. It's since. been a theory for the longest time. They're like, oh, it's this many. It's always this many. You know, yeah. And it's not always that many. No, but, but close. I do think I do think they're going to they're actually aiming for it this time because they've made references to that theory. So um, I'm actually going to say that I think we're going to have a roughly two months of of Crucible and then we're going into the 8.2, which I think works with they put out the PTR now. It gives them enough time to go through the PTR and, and check out what's working and what isn't. Um, so, yeah, And keep in mind, too, that Crucible of Storms, we don't need it there for months and months and months. There's only two bosses in it. It's a small raid. It's it's like yeah. a very, it's yeah. a small kind of concentrated raid. So it's really not going to take people too long to bust through it. 
I don't think that LFR is going to be particularly calm. Are they releasing LFR in just a one shot? They're I'm doing assuming it, they yeah, are. LFR the week after. Yeah, so it's not going to be out next week, but the heroic. week after. Yeah, which is next fine. week is normal heroic, and then mythic and LFR the week after, and then they're done. If but you yeah. if you remember uh, trial the trial of valor in the previous expansion, it's very similar to that. Yeah, it's a short, simple little raid. I mean, that was a three boss raid. This is a two boss raid, but it's still basically the same kind of thing. This is a tradition that goes back all the way to like I'm I'm thinking the way the the most similar vanilla raid to this would be Anexia, where you had just Anexia. Anexia was just one boss, yeah. Yeah, but and then um, in Burning Gruul's Crusade, Lair, we Gruul's had Lair. Yeah, Gruul's Lair was, was almost exactly like this. Gruul's Lair was a council fight, and then the main boss fight. It's very similar. So this is you something they've done. I don't think before. we had like a. Oh no, wait, we had Sartharian. In Wrath. Uh, yeah, that wasn't really a council fight, but it had the mini-bosses around it. It yeah. had the mini-bosses, and you could change and the difficulty depending on how many of those extra dragons you killed, that kind of thing. Does the Ruby Dragon Shrine f- f- count, or is that just one boss? No, that counts too, and I think. Malagos it's just is just like one the little, boss. Yeah, and Malagos. It, it was just, there was a bunch of the, the raids that were like the really small raids throughout Wrath, yeah, actually. Wrath had, had a few of them. Cataclysm didn't really, but the raids in Cataclysm were smaller overall. Yeah, they were like. Four well, or five I would argue that the so. that the council of um, the four winds, because yeah, you had okay. like the council members, yeah. and then you had Alakir, and that was it. Yeah, that's you're right. That's pretty. That's pretty close. Mists didn't really do it, but they had the Terrace of Endless Spring. Yeah, and, that and that's one was not just too like, far off. It was like four bosses. That was it. It was real quick. No, it was three. No, it was four because there four was the council three? when you oh, went yeah. in, and then there was the dragon, and then there was the water. I always forget that. There was yeah. I forget the the healing fight. Yeah. I always forget that one. Yeah, that was there. So, yeah. but So, yeah, this is basically nothing new to, to WoW. It's just we haven't really seen it that much in a while. It's been since that fight, the, the Trial of Valor and Legion. And mm-hmm. uh, if this is anything like Legion, then that implies that we're going to get at least one more relatively big raid after Rise of Ashara. So that's an interesting thing to consider. You think so? Because I know I th- Rise of Ashara, they're going to put in a big raid, aren't they? I think 8.3 is going to have a raid. Yeah, but it's in Nazdratar and everything with the whole Ashara stuff and whatnot. Yeah? That's 8.2. That's 8.2, yeah. But I think that... You think there's going to be another... Oh, well, yeah, because, I mean, we still have to address all this Nazoth business, you know? Yeah. I don't don't know. I saw a cool theory, and I forget who was the one behind it. Um, So if you're the guy who made the video, I apologize for not remembering who you are. Um, But it was talking about how we might not even be fighting Azoth this expansion. And, yeah, and we might not a, be because the thing is, is like we still have to resolve the whole Alliance versus Horde thing too on top of all of this other stuff that's going on. And I find it really interesting that we're going on this diversion into Nazjatar and Mechagon, like all of that. We're stepping away from the whole battle, 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 battle of Dazara lore, Alliance Horde at each other's throats or whatever and going to new zones right as things are kind of heating up especially on the horde side and i mean even alliance players you can you can witness the whole cinematic thing that happens with bane and sylvanas so it's weird that we're kind of stepping back from that part of the storyline and going someplace completely different and i feel like we need to go back to that and kind of resolve what's going on with the alliance and the horde before the expansion is over i don't know yeah, but for right now, I'm just I'm really curious to see what they what they reveal during the live stream. 
Like I'm, I'm hoping they'll give us, you know, stuff about um, Nazjatar. I really want to see some Mechagon stuff. I'm, I'm fascinated with that. Uh, I want to see like anything about new models and concept art and that kind of yeah. thing, please. <laughs> we, we also haven't heard anything about possible allied races coming out of this. Um, and that's fine. If we don't get one, we don't get one. A lot of people really wanted to get um, the, the, the Volpin. I can't remember the name at the top. The little Fox people, the Volpera. Volpera. Thank you. I was going to call him the Vulpin. Sorry. Uh, the people want to get the Volpera and I don't see a way that this, Vulpin this is a Pokemon, I think. <laughs> Everything's a Pokemon eventually. <laughs> well, heck, my warrior was a Pokemon for an entire expansion. That's I know. Not... He was Odin's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, but, but it, uh, one of the things that I, I like is I want to see more of the Necronome stuff. I, I really want to see if we get a better look at like what Naga culture has become after 10,000 years, what they're like. We know there are Naga heretics. Oh, yeah. Um, because we saw one all the way back in BC. I'd love to see more about that. I'd love to get more of a dig into what the Naga are up to. But, uh, yeah, that's anything else you want to talk about for like the, the live stream before we move to another topic? No, I think that wraps it up for like the live stream stuff. They didn't really put out a lot of information as far as what we're going to be seeing or anything. They just mentioned, hey, this is happening. It's happening on Thursday. Jeremy Feasel is going to be doing it. And da -da -da -da. I have a feeling that he'll be doing like the introduction thing. We'll get it on the PTR. And then a couple of weeks after it's on the PTR, that's when Ian will pop up and say, hi, I'm going to answer questions about this kind of stuff. But yeah, for the intro stuff, I think it's pretty cool that we get Feasel in there telling us about all the good stuff that's going on yep i'm hoping he will show off that naga the little naga pet because that thing is adorable I, i'm sorry i want to adopt like 50 of them <laughs> but uh, okay the other Next thing, thing we should talk about then i was oh, gonna say go. the other thing that we should mention as far as world of warcraft goes is um the dark moon fair is currently up and running and it includes the new content so if you haven't popped over to the dark moon fair you might want to do that um you can get your hands on severed fish heads that you can wear on your head because that's a thing also there's a new dark moon roller coaster and there's three new balloons that you can pick up as well there's a wolf balloon a murloc balloon and a horse balloon and those cost 90 dark moon ticket things each so that's cool roller coasters are always cool man come on yeah the roller coaster gives the same buff as the carousel right yes i still think I, the carousel is better for putting that buff on because it's just easier and you don't have to wait to get done riding a roller coaster. You just get on the carousel, get your buff stacked up, and then leave. Well, the thing or you is, can just is sit like, on the carousel. You can sit on the carousel and, and do it that way, but there's there's another alternative now. If you don't feel like going around and around and around in circles and making yourself vaguely motion sick, you could go do the roller coaster and make yourself vaguely motion sick. By the way, highly recommend zooming into first person full screen while you're doing the roller coaster for the first time just because it's fun. Yeah, I think that, you know, you might want to get the full experience if you're doing yes. that. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, no, nothing else for the Dark Moon Fair, right? That's pretty much it? Nope, that was it. We there was just like a stuff. few new additions, and it's there until this Sunday. So if you haven't had a chance to go check it out, you might want to do that before it pops out yeah. for the month. If you're leveling an allied race, definitely a good time to take them out there. Yep. Uh, that buff is very helpful. Yep. Uh, it's it's good it's good to actually set your hearth someplace relatively close to the portal if you can, like maybe Goldshire or whatever, so you can get there and back really quickly. But uh, I don't know, it depends. Maybe you want to have your your hearth someplace where you can immediately hearth out and get to some adventuring. It's up to you. But uh, there's one other thing World of Warcraft semi related to talk about. Um, they've revealed the schedule for WoW Classic PvP because we already knew that WoW Classic was going to have a 
the staggered rollout for content. It's going to be using patch 1.12 as the base code of the game. That's the rule set they're using. Right. But they're going to roll out content in stages to make it similar to the way vanilla was. And now we know they're going to do the same thing for PvP. I was wondering about that because the original PvP, we were talking about this, I think we were talking about this on last week's show, where I said, you know, we were talking about the original PvP system and how that was just, you went to Terran Mill or you went out to Westfall or you went to the crossroads and you'd attack NPCs until opposite faction members would show up and then you'd fight each other. And that was it. Like, that was and PvP that, at the onset of World of Warcraft. And that's what you're going to get when WoW Classic launches. That's that's the PvP experience. I'm kind you of excited for about PvP. that. <laughs> you, can go, you can go harass quest givers until enough opposite faction people show up, and you can have those big battles without any stakes and no honor for it or anything, because nope. the honor system's not coming out until phase one, like phase two. There's no honor, no rewards, no nothing. You just go beat the snot out of each other, and that's it. <laughs> yep. It, it's interesting because the way they're rolling it out is like, like I said, for phase one, it's literally nothing. Like just, you can flag for PVP if you want to, and you can go places and fight if you want to. And that's it. And then in phase two, they're bringing the honor system in, but the honor system in phase two is just going to be honorable and dishonorable kills. Yeah. It's like the initial rollout. It. Yeah. It's the, the initial rollout that we had in, in vanilla. That was the one just... where they were doing the whole, they were doing that honor grind competition thing that my friend won, where it mm-hmm. was just, you go kill people, and now you get honor points for it, or you get dishonorable kills if you kill an NP- or NPC or whatever. Like, you don't yeah. want to do that. Um, yeah, that was the one, the way that it originally worked was they had that iteration, and then they ended it with that big competition, and that's when they rolled out, well, I'm assuming what they're rolling out with phase three, which is when the battlegrounds come out and you get the actual Two honor system, them. honor system. Two of them are coming out in phase three. Yeah. Uh, Ultra like... Valley and Warsong Gulch. Yeah. Not getting Arathi Basin until phase four. Yeah. Cause Arathi Basin didn't come out with the original rollout. Did it? I don't think nope. it did. It was it just AV not. and it was just AV and Warsong. And then Arathi yeah. was added a little later. Arathi Basin was the big change that everybody was so excited about because their previous options were spend a week and a half inside the single Alterac Valley or endlessly try to get that last cap in Warsong Gulch. It just wasn't happening. <laughs> like after the you... flag. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually interesting to see the way that they're doing it because they are, there's going to be, they've said straight up, we are not, you know, we, we want people to understand that the, the, when the gear finally comes, when the honor system gear finally comes, that it will be a significant time investment. So they're flat out saying, this is going to be as hard as it originally was. We're not, we're not softening this up for anybody. So if you want to get to like High Warlord or Grand Marshal in WoW Classic, you will best be prepared to spend weeks of time doing it. You will, this is not something you will be able to get with anything more reasonable than that. This is going to straight up be you are spending days of your life trying to claw your way up there if you want to get that rank. I'm a little excited about this. I mean, I just think it's fascinating. Like, I think it's cool that they're throwing this back out there because it was so messed up. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a it's a bold thing to put in a, such a fundamentally broken design because it was it was fundamentally it was broken so bad that when they finally decided to get rid of it, they just pulled it out by the roots. They didn't even. 
they didn't come up with anything like to, to replace it. They just said, nah, now you can just get points and buy gear with points. And that's it. Yeah, that's Burning what... Crusade was really, I think Burning Crusade was really when they implemented that. They just, they just. Yeah, actually, they... it was before. Was it, was it before, before? Burning Crusade. Yeah, it was actually, it was around the time that tw- that 1.12 dropped because I did it. I, yeah. I had been trying to get, I had been trying to get High Warlord on my Torrin and I couldn't do it because I yeah. couldn't play for three days. And then they were like, nope, just buy gear. So I went out, the first thing I did was went out and bought the High Warlord sword. Oh, was, yeah. I still got it on one of my Torrin. Um, and all that stuff. I used to. I remember, like, when we were doing the the, the original site. Mm-hmm. I my first column I ever wrote was my Torin in my High Warlord gear because I had just gotten it. Like they had just made it possible. So like, and I was like in late 2006. Um, Man. So yeah. Yeah. So this game's that, old. Yeah, anyway, this game is old. But I mean, the point <laughs> I'm trying to make is that the system was so bad that when they when they realized how bad it was, they ripped it out by the roots. They didn't. They didn't replace it with anything. They're like, nah, just get points by gear. And now they're actually putting that system back in in the stages it originally went in. So it's going to get worse and worse. Not worse isn't the right word, but it's this is going to be. You will be working very hard if you get High Warlord or Grand Marshal. You will be playing like at a minimum. I don't. I don't know many people that did it back in the day without account sharing. Yeah. I'll straight up say that. I don't. I maybe a couple of married couples and those those married couples were account sharing but it's your account is you know it's your wife or husband or a spouse of any kind it's your other half so it's not it's somebody you're living with yeah but there were people who were straight up like three or four teaming their accounts with other people and they would switch between them and that's just to put that system back in and just say yeah we're giving it to you the way it was that's really interesting and I look forward to seeing if people come up with better ways to do it now, quite frankly, if people work out a way to do it, that's, that's less hostile to their lives. But I think anyone who's really looking forward to wild classic will be happy with it. Cause I mean, warts and all, it is the system that they had. It is the thing they remember. So, yeah. And I was just, I was, like I said, I was kind of curious about how they were going to roll that out. If they were going to do it the same way, or if they were just going to come out with battlegrounds at the onset or what, because that system was so punishing and so brutal and yeah i i didn't i didn't actually expect them to put it in the way that it used to be <laughs> cuz you were saying it was life punishing it really was it really was i was in a pvp guild at the time and we had we had people in our guild who were trying really hard for high warlord and they were on they were always on they were always online it was either them or somebody else that was, but they were always online and they were always in the battleground because if they weren't in it for like an hour, then they could lose everything. And when they finally got High Warlord, it was, there was a celebration. They got their equipment, they had their title, and then they would go out and they would kill as many NPCs as possible to just immediately tank their rating. And it was because they were just so worn out from what they did and then usually they'd take a break from the game for like a couple of months <laughs> we had a there was a guy in my raid who was get we were this was the time where blackwing lair was the furthest raid you could go um i don't even think zg was out yet um so AQ it was like definitely pre-aq wasn't. and all that okay yeah pre-aq pre-zg and he wasn't just wasn't getting drops and he's like you know f this i'm gonna go i'm gonna go get grand marshal for the grand marshal sword and one of the other warriors, Miguel, was like, dude, don't. 
Just it's don't. it's easier to wait for the yeah, drop. Tr- trust me to wait. For, you just want to wait. He wouldn't listen, so he went out and he ground for Grand Marshal, and he's he seriously ground for it, and he just kept not getting it because he had to sleep. Like he, as a human being, he required rest or he would die, and he didn't have anybody to like take his character into battlegrounds while he was sleeping. You know, it just wasn't feasible for him. And I remember the the axe dropped. The, the one that the dragons dropped the, the, it was a, the Drake talent cleaver, right? The Drake talent cleaver dropped and I had a ton of DKP and he didn't, but he had some, and there was another guy who had some who had just joined the guild and the guy who had just joined outbid him for the ax. And he was like crushed. He was crushed because he, he was going to have to go back to try grand marshal. So I outbid, <laughs> I outbid the guy that had bid on it and took it. And gave it to him. I'm like, no, you can have it. Give it, to, give it to, give it to him. Oh, like, it was like, you know, he he can't. He'll die. He's gonna die. He's <laughs> one of our best tanks. His soul is already yeah. dust. Just give he's, him the axe. Yeah. He's one of our best <laughs> tanks. Let him have the axe. Like, but you don't have anything yet. And I remember this because that week I got sulfurous. Oh. So I was like, as I was looking at this thing, going, oh god, I'm gonna have to do that grind too, aren't I? Oh god, I don't want to do that grind. So yeah. That's kind of cool the, that they gave you Sulfurus, the, though. Yeah, I guess Sulfurus because of a really cool druid that I talk about at some point. But okay. yeah, that was so to put the, the system back in like like it was. I don't know if it's genius or insanity, but you know it's something. You know, so yeah, that's looking forward to you seeing you guys. Oh, and the last thing they're gonna do, the last phase of the PvP rollout, I forgot to mention, they're mm. gonna put back in the uh, Silithus, um weird geysers of, of stuff. The sand geyser things and then the towers yeah. and the eastern plaguelands. Towers and eastern plaguelands. The towers yeah. and eastern plaguelands are straight up fun. Those were fun. Yeah, uh, they were great. They It's a very similar system that you saw later in, in BC. We ended um, up, if I remember correctly, we ended up, we didn't do anything out in Silithus because Silithus was just, it wasn't. Why would you ever be there? It wasn't that great, and I mean, it was. I mean, it was part of the whole AQ thing, experience, whatever. But it wasn't. It wasn't that great. Whereas going out to the Plaguelands and doing the towers and stuff, for whatever reason, people really liked going out there over sand collecting. I think it was just the sand collecting people weren't really gung ho about. But defending a tower, yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like defending the towers was cooler because it was right around the time that Nax was coming in. Yeah, and we were all out there anyway. So farming yeah, hey, for that like, Argent yeah. Dawn rep. Yeah. Raids not for another hour, and we got nothing else to do but farm for a rep that we don't really want. Uh, let's go murder some horde. Like the horde would be like waiting for us. Like yeah, come on, try it, bring it. And there was a it was a level of. I think a lot of it was be- because it was a level of interfaction competition that worked. That we don't really see much nowadays. The the, the guilds would actually bring it, it was out. It's basically that old. You remember when people used to do South Shore versus Terran Mill, and there was that tower in the middle, like halfway in between, and people oh, yeah, would yeah. fight over that tower. It was that. It was that only in the Plague Lands, and you were actually claiming the tower. Yeah, although nothing's ever gonna beat the throwing yourself into the lines. It's at the at Terran Mill to try and you know use an ability to fear bomb them to get them to scatter. Yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff in the old days. So, and people are going to get to see it. So, yeah, there you go. The, for the first couple of months, at least, you're going to get to do PvP the old-fashioned way, where nothing at stake and nothing to lose. So, <laughs> you know, there you go. 
go kill each other have fun yay okay we should probably real quick talk Move about the on, other yeah. two news things that are out this week well one of them is out this week hearthstone their new expansion rise of shadows uh that's the first expansion for the year of the dragon that released it is out um basically it's the fiendish crew of dr boom Arch thief Rafam, Togwoggle, Hagatha the Witch, and Madame Lazul, they descend upon the peaceful city of Dalaran ready to do evil. Now, um, the way that this works with it, with it, obviously they're retiring other stuff, so you can no longer play cards from Journey to Ungoro, Knights of the Frozen Throne, and Kobolds and Catacombs in the standard format. Um, Death Knights, quests, and weapons are relegated to the wild format, along with every card ever released. Over 350 cards are leaving. Rise of Shadows is adding back about 120. For people that are interested in doing this and are wanting to know about the single-player content, single-player content isn't out yet. Uh, It hasn't launched with the launch. That's all going to be released later on supposedly in may and each wing or chapter is going to cost 700 gold so you'll need to decide how much gold you want to save to get it but when you complete the wing each of the wings you're awarded three card packs for rise of shadows so that's something to play around with if you're interested in new hearthstone content it's out it's available go get it and then the other thing isn't out it's just being teased yeah yeah, Storm Rising, the uh, Overwatch archives. We don't know even what it is yet. We just know that there's a cool trailer that's mysterious and like, what's going on? And why is Michael Chu tweeting about how cool it is? And why wouldn't can we find out what he's talking about? There's a yeah, cool right now we trailer thing. There's a character named Sojourn who's talking to Soldier Seventy Six about going after Doomfist and. If they want to go after Doomfist, they have to go after Maximilian. This is prior to Doomfist's downfall. Um, obviously, the original Doomfist downfall, the one where Winston takes him down, and we had that cool anime kind of cartoon thing when when uh, Doomfist came out that showed that whole sequence. This is just prior to that uh, in the timeline. And apparently, oh, I forget all of the characters that are going to be involved. I believe it's Tracer, Mercy, Winston, and Genji that are going to be doing this particular mission. Um, there are new skins that are going to be introduced, and one of them has already been teased on Twitter. It is a Talon version of Batiste, which I think is really cool. Um, it's basically when he was still working for Talon, so this whole timeline thing lines up. He's working for Talon at this point, I guess. Um, we're going to see more about that because the event is going to be running from April 16th to May 6th. So it is on its way next week and we will continue, we will continue getting teasers and things like that. I'm hoping we also get a trailer for it, like an actual cinematic trailer kind of thing for it. Cause the one that we had last year with McCree and with Reaper and all of that, that was pretty great. So I'm hoping that this event is something along the same lines where it's just like, Oh, what's happening? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's cool that they're doing more of the archive stuff because there's a ton of that backstory that we've only kind of got little hints on. Well, the archives so have just that's... become kind of like an annual event. Every April they do a new one. So I, I, I'm just I'm really excited that they're doing another new one here instead of just repeating Uprising and Retribution. Like they're adding another event on top of it. So you get even more of a perspective of what's going on. Also, who is Sojourn? Like, like, who is that? Are they going to show up? Because obviously they hired some voice person who did this voice for the trailer. That's just a trailer. I mean, they wouldn't just do it for a trailer, right? 
So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> cool. Um, but I think that covers it for news for the week. Mm -hmm. um, we, we don't really have much else to talk about. So uh, I guess we're going to go on to do some emails. Uh, guys, as always, if you have an email for the show, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show and not lore watch, which is another really great podcast. We do every other Sunday. And if you're not listening to that, you should, because last week, this week that just came out, we went nuts. Um, so yeah, you, you should listen, listen to lore watch. You know, that's a plug. Uh, and usually reads these emails for us. So if you don't mind it. Okay. Um, our first email is from Mad Marco, who's a night elf druid on black end. This is kind of a lengthy email. So I'm going to summarize it. It says, Anne and Rossi on the site, in the official forums, people, as they do have some wide-ranging and firm opinions on the subject of a level squish. What would you like to see? Personally, I would like to see many of the Cata-centric quests changed, removed, or made evergreen because the lore experience needs to be streamlined along with the process. Story helps people get invested. So what they're suggesting here, Mad Mirko is suggesting, it says, squish to 60, old world with Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor is 1 through 40, Legion is 40 through 50, Battle for Azeroth is 50 to 60, and the new expansion is 60-something. And then as far as Wrath, Mists, Warlords of Draenor, and Cataclysm, they stay as they are and they're available, but the heart of the experience is on Azeroth. So basically what they're saying is making all of these old expansions content that you can go do if you want to, but you don't have to, and you can just stick to the main leveling experience. What do you think about that? Uh, I I think it's interesting. I don't know if I'd want to go so far as to make them completely optional, because I think they are important parts of the WoW story. Like, if you don't know anything about when we went to Outland or when we went to Northrend, then you don't really know the story. Because those are important things. Uh, go, going to fight Illidan at, at the Black Temple, going to fight the Lich King uh, in Northrend, those were major story beats that, that wrapped up a lot of Warcraft lore and put a bow on certain moments. So I don't know if I'd go as far as to just make them, you know, you can go do them if you want. But I felt for a while like a lot of that stuff should scale and should scale much longer than it does. Like, I don't feel like there's any reason that if you go, let's say your your character's level 90 and you got to level 90 without doing Outland. I don't feel like going to Outland should, should not scale up to 90. I feel like it should still scale up. You should be able to go experience, and I think Azeroth should scale up. Like, if, you, if somehow you got to level 90 and you didn't do all the zones in Azeroth because I didn't most recently, like, my, my character's level 85 and I left most of Azeroth unexplored. So there's room, there's room for what he's saying, quite frankly, if you wanted to make Azeroth 1 to 40 and then do, you know, Legion and BFA as the other stuff, you could do it because there's plenty of experience to be had. You can totally make that possible. But I personally would rather, I honestly, I don't think it should switch to 60. I think it should switch to 90 at the, as of the next expansion. You I think, think 60, 60 is really tight to fit in everything we can do right now. If you look at your character, think about like, Imagine if, if we squished the content levels so that you're you're getting to level 60 at max. Imagine not getting blink to level 40. Think about how that yeah. would feel. Yeah. Like you'd have to you'd have to like rework when you get abilities and how you get abilities. I feel like if they were going to do something like that and they were going to squish it down that much, they would have to give us our abilities naturally, not as a result of the leveling experience. And They're then definitely, give yeah. us something else when we ding a level that is equivalent to gaining a new ability. 
like something well, I, cool when you ding a level so you feel like you've accomplished something but not necessarily an ability and that I would just a, change the whole yeah. face of everything i don't know it just sounds really complicated to me to try and do well, it that way i wrote a thing about it the uh the other day thinking about like how do you implement this and one of the points i made was that as of right now we have seven talent tiers and yeah. we get talents once every 15 levels from level 15 to level 90 and then at level 100 we get our last tier and that's a little weird to begin with but you know that's how it's done if you did this if you squash down to 60 you now have to fit seven talent tiers into 60 levels which means you'd have to in order to do it in an even remotely organic way you'd have to start getting talents at level five and then get one every 10 levels till you hit 55 and that's sick now you'd have six and you'd get the last one at 60 which means you'd you'd get one talent you wouldn't get till 60 60 would now be your max level so that means that whatever that talent is you would not be getting it until you hit max level and now think about it are you squishing the current game to 60 or are you squishing the next expansion to 60 because if you're not then the next expansion is how many levels because if you start leveling 10 levels of expansion again, that's gonna we're going to get right back up there in no yeah, time. Yeah, they were suggesting in their email that we go back to like five levels per expansion. Yeah, and that's, that's something you need to consider. Uh, a lot of the stuff, I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it. One of the interesting things about leveling in WoW right now is that there is actually way more leveling content than you need to get to max level. Like, that's, a, that's actually, in my opinion, a good thing. That there's, you can choose which zones. Like right now, if you don't want to, you don't have to go to either Outland or Northrend. Like, you, you know, you don't have to, period. You can completely skip both of them. Not both of them, one of them. You'd have to go to one of them. But whichever I skip Cataclysm choose, content. I just yeah. skip it entirely. I just did that. Like I, I went to uh, Pandaria. Mm -hmm. And you can do that. You can do that throughout. So what he's suggesting isn't that different than that. He or she, I don't know. But what they're suggesting is, isn't that different from that? Because right now, you can basically pick which of them to skip. And the way that they're suggesting it, you'd basically be picking, okay, I'm going to go here. But I still think that they should grant experience. I just think that it should basically be once you've done, like, once you've done enough stuff, you hit max level. And it doesn't matter if you didn't even get to, like, say you didn't even get to Warlords yet. I'm okay with that. You can be max level in the middle of Warlords. It doesn't bother me. I feel like you should be able to choose where to go to get to max level and what to see. I don't know if I want them to rework Kata though. Quite frankly, I'm I'm kind of of the opinion they should just stop and do very few zone revamps ever again. And when they do them, they should be zone revamps like we got in Arathi. Like also, like you know, Arathi right now is my idea of a perfect zone revamp because it doesn't kick in until max level. It yeah. doesn't change the leveling experience, and you get to see a new zone when you're at max level. That kind of thing I like, but the Cata stuff, in retrospect, I kind of almost wish they hadn't done it. See, my problem with, with just saying, oh, Wrath, Mists, Warlords, Cata, that's all like optional content. That's We're just going to push that to the side, is that story threads and beats that were brought up are coming back again now. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. if you didn't do Burning Crusade, you wouldn't understand what's going on in Legion. The stuff with Illidan at the beginning of Legion is stuff that happened in Burning Crusade. So those two kind of tie together. The stuff that's happening with the Lich King right now, if you didn't play Wrath, you wouldn't realize, oh, that's a new Lich King. That's not Arthas. That's somebody else. That's somebody we put in that place. This is how they got there. You know, there's there's 
narrative impact to each section of World of Warcraft's story, and I feel like just brushing that to the side really does a disservice to the story as a whole. You kind of need the whole thing. Now, do I wish that there was, like, some way where you could just, you know, recap an expansion if you didn't want to play through that content? Yeah, I think that the cinematic team could probably come up with something where it's like, here's a story summary of Burning Crusade. Here's a story summary of Wrath of the Lich King. So if you do miss that content, or if you just want a refresher on it, you could go back and view that in-game. I think that'd be cool. Taryn, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe, you know, suggest that to somebody, because I think it'd be pretty neat. We had that kind of at the end of Cataclysm. Um, the Rathion quest chain was a rogue-only legendary quest chain, so rogues were the only ones that got to see it as it progressed, which was pretty cool. But when the expansion was over with and Mists of Pandaria was coming out, Rathian was coming out as an impactful character in Mists, so they released the story synopsis of the rogue storyline so that everybody could see it and get an understanding of who Rathian was and what went down in Cataclysm going into Mists of Pandaria. And you I thought that was really back? cool. What? You know what they could bring back? Mm. Um, remember, like, in, in Mists, Lorewalker Cho would give you, like, little, like, acted-out stories of various events from yes. history? Yeah. Imagine if they did that for just World of Warcraft. Like, you could go somewhere, and the NBC would give you, like, he'd show you, like, a weird shadow puppet version of, like, you know, the whole plot of, the, the major plot of Wrath, or the major plot of BC, or what have you. You'd okay, see, see that'd it. be cool and everything, but I still want a cinematic because I really like what they're doing with cinematics these days. <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, like, instead of making it be, like, a fully rendered cinematic, one of the cinematics I like are the kinds that you, we just, you mentioned earlier that we're get, we, you get for the, uh, the end of the Crucible of Storms quests, where it's your character. Imagine your character getting to be involved in that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like the way the character was involved when Agrimar comes flying down and does the big flame smash on the ground. And, yeah. you know, you, you hold out whatever your weapon is and he holds it is and he charges you and then, boom, you get teleported out. Something where you actually got to see, like, you know, there's that moment I always think about when I was tanking Arthas. When he'd stand there and talk and talk and I'm standing there waiting for him and then he'd finally go and I'd have to get him really fast. Like, imagine seeing that moment play out. I think that would be kind of cool because that that's the other problem is I don't want to treat these expansions like they're just cruft to get out of the way. They were good. Um, but Burning Crusade was fun. I mean, I, I feel like it's maybe we've seen it so much now that we don't understand or because it's got a lot of old time stuff in it that's sometimes pretty buggy or whatever. But the first time I walked through the Dark Portal, man. That was an experience. Oh, that was a trip. You walk through and there's those big demons that are just right there. And they're bigger than almost anything you've ever seen in World of Warcraft. Like, they're just huge. And they're just mobs out there in the open world. Oh, that was crazy. Anyway. So, yeah, but I, I get what he's saying. Or they, sorry. I get what they're saying, but I don't necessarily think the answer is to just make that stuff all not count. I but just, I think that the, there's the, like, there's, there's there's a bunch of issues with the idea of doing a level squish. And I mean, the other thing that I thought of when, when you were talking about all of this stuff where you were like, Oh, you'd have to get skills at level five or whatever. Where would they bring in allied races? Cause they start at level 20 now. Where would they start out if it was a level squish, you know? I assume level 10, but yeah, there's, there's a lot to work out there. There's think about like death Knights. Think about demon hunters. They would yeah. all have where to Where do be they start out? You know, 
it, it's like that whole thing. I don't know. It's a complicated, it's a complicated undertaking. And I have a feeling that if they do decide to do it, it's going to be, it's just going to be hairy all around. Anyway, um, let's jump to another email here real quick. Uh, this one's from Buckmeister, who has two questions, actually. And one of them is kind of unrelated to Blizzard games at all. Uh, if you guys are unaware, we did a D&D stream this weekend. We played, we played some Dungeons and Dragons, and it was super fun. It was a one-shot um, we released it on the podcast channel, like the audio version of it, if people want to listen to that. If not, eh, it's okay. It's all good. Um, anyway, so Buckweister, one of the questions that they had was, in the D&D one-shot, what was the app or program that the gang was using for all of those roles, i.e. the role to attack, role for initiative, etc.? Um, I just wanted to say real quick, we had a bot on Discord called Sidekick, and that's what we were using. It lets you do all kinds of roles. It lets you roll with advantage or disadvantage. Um, if you're looking for a good dice bot for Discord, that's a good one. We used it. It was fantastic. Anyway, their other question says, Long post on Reddit, not mine, stated that professions should have a more impact in World of Warcraft. What would be good ways for professions to have impact without causing the min-max issues we had back when professions had combat bonuses? Is tools of the trade unique items a good step? What do you think? I, I do think that tools of the trade is a nice step in the right direction. I like the idea of there being quests that you do with your profession that get you interesting new things that aren't necessarily combat related. Um... I'm going to say up front that, that this is, and this isn't my idea. Anne has been advocating for this for literally years. Let them make transmog items. Cosmetic items, please. Yeah. Just that. Just Imagine just, if blacksmithing uh, made transmog put armor. It, put it out there. Just, mm. okay. okay Sorry. You could do, you could totally do it with every profession too. Engineering could make specific transmog armor and items like bows and guns and so forth. Uh, leatherworking, again, transmog armor. You could make, you know, mounts or something some of the professions have had in the past and that they could have again. I don't see any reason why not to have more mounts from professions. Uh, tailoring could certainly keep making those flying carpets. Keep bringing them out. I don't care. Uh, but you could also do, like, imagine if you get to do a cool thing where when you, instead of just, you imagine if, if like, your your tailor could make a tent so you could log out in the middle of nowhere and still get rested. Well, Leatherworking had that yeah. in Warlords. Yeah, so give that to tailoring too. Let them make one. Um, let but was that leatherworking or was that tailoring? I don't remember. Somebody uh, had tents, and you could do that. Like you could bring out a tent, and yes. you could more stuff along those lines. More more cosmetic items. Like I'd love it if like there was a series of crowns that each profession could make a version of. Like leatherworking could make the the male like make the leather one. Engineering could make the male one. Blacksmithing could make the plate one. Tailoring can make the cloth one uh you know weapons from like blacksmithing and so forth i i really also think that it would i don't know how hard it would be to do in wow it might be impossible to do in wow but i've always felt like wow is missing a beat by not having what diablo has like right now diablo has the ability to dye your gear and armor I know, dies yeah, give them I know to us even if it was only for stuff that isn't like tier gear like even if you could only die like say you know the, this new, we're going to put in gear in this expansion that has the ability to be dyed. It wouldn't have to be all the gear everywhere. You just, it's in, you introduce it now for this expansion, but maybe that could be something that professions could craft. They could craft dyeable gear and then you could have a, like, you know, inscription could make dye 
and you could dye the gear with it. I mean, that's just there's stuff. It doesn't that can have be to be something that's applicable to every piece of gear that's ever come along in World of Warcraft. It can start from square one in an expansion because you can still mix and match whatever. So you could take now you, a piece yeah, you of gear now... and you could dye it to match that pair of boots you got in Burning Crusade that don't go with anything. You yeah, know, like I've got I've got pants that I love. And for that matter, gloves and there's a set of gloves in WoW that I got in Burning Crusade. That's a color reskin of an old Paladin set from from Molten Core, and they're beautiful. And nothing matches them. Nothing. The Gauntlets of Martial Fury, I think they're called. Literally, nothing matches them. But now with the new expansion having these dyeable gear sets, I could dye them to match those gloves. Finally, I could use the gloves with something. Um, there's this uh, make it a new feature. I know it sounds dumb. Like some people are like. But that's not, you know, that's going to be a whole feature, dyeable armor. Yes, because people would love it. People would go out of their way to, to get all the looks. And it's content that doesn't provide any strength at all. I think if pet battles and pets in WoW have taught us anything, some of the best, most evergreen systems are systems that don't provide you the slightest bit of character power. There's stuff you can do when you're not trying to make your character stronger. That makes the, the thing... game last longer. Yeah, that's the thing with professions is... As long as you are making gear that has stats and stuff on it, it's going to have an impact. It's going to have an impact on min-max stuff. It's going to have an impact on whether or not you feel it's actually valuable enough to go out of your way to make. It has to be difficult enough to make that it'll take you some time to make it, but not enough time that by the time you have the stuff to make the thing, it's already been outshone by just world quest drops that you've gotten or whatever. And honestly, I keep saying this, just make professions do cosmetic things. Make them do toys, make them do pets, make them do transmog items that are just costume pieces, make them do mounts. Stuff that doesn't affect your character, doesn't affect how your character plays, it just affects how your character looks or what they can do as far as what mount they jump on or what pet they pull out, that kind of thing. That's how you make it so that it doesn't have any of those issues. You just rip that out of there entirely. Yeah, I agree. And I don't, I I, I don't think that that would be received poorly. I think that people would be on board with that. If we've learned anything from the barbershop and from transmog, it's that people are absolutely nuts about little stupid things that they can use to customize their characters. Why wouldn't we be? We want to make our characters look really cool. So why not? People love that kind of thing, yeah. Why not delegate professions to that kind of thing? And then the other thing that I will say, and I'm I'm still going to put it out there. I know Wildstar is gone. I know it's gone. But their housing system was the best thing I have ever seen <laughs> as far as MMO housing goes. Like, you could you could build all kinds of crazy things in this little zone that was just yours. But it had a chat channel so you could talk to all these other crafters. You could invite people over to visit. And there was a whole profession that was bound around the idea of making furniture just for your stupid little house. Did it have anything to do with your gameplay? No. It just let you be a creative genius. It gave basically gave you a box of in-game Legos and said, here, go nuts. And it was great. And yeah, I just, I, I feel like I feel like if they want to get away from this whole how do we make professions feel like they're important without overshadowing any of the other gearing stuff that we've got going on, that's the way to do it. I don't know. 
No, I, I'm totally with you on the whole housing thing. I I think it's it's amazing to me that they haven't done it yet. Um, just, if you don't want to do put it, in a new guys, place just, for it, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> if, if you don't want to put in a new a new system for this, go back to the garrison, make a garrison something we can customize, and give us furniture for our garrisons. No, don't give me the garrison because I, I no. I wasn't... Imagine if you could actually make your garrison look like someplace. You could actually change the buildings so they look like. So you want blood elf towers? Okay, you're a blood elf. You can have blood elf towers. The problem the that I had with the garrison before. was that it was so tied into the expansion and what you were doing with the expansion, and it was just a particularly okay. The alliance side, I liked the alliance garrison because it was in the middle of a forest and it was pretty. But on the horde side, it was a bunch of horde buildings in the middle of a snowy, barren wasteland, and you couldn't really change that or do anything with it. Give us a place where we can set the weather to what we want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of different ways that could be dumb, but, but by God, think of something. You, you came It'd so close and cool. you didn't do it. It would be so cool. Just do it, guys. Just do it. Okay. All right. Um, I think we have time for one more email. Uh, let's... Yeah, we're talking about level squishing and we're talking about that kind of thing. So we'll just jump into this one from Shad, who's a Blood Elf prodded in from Hyjal US, who says, I've been thinking a lot about the game's leveling after reading Rossi's excellent article about the possibilities. Personally, it would not bother me to sign in and be level 60 instead of level 120, but I think I'm in a minority on that. That said, would questing difficulties be a possibility? We have heroic dungeons and raids. Why not heroic questing? Mobs would be an appropriate number of levels higher, which would make leveling more difficult, but players would also receive more experience. What do you think about the idea of mythic questing, Rossi? I mean, they could do it, and I don't I don't necessarily have a problem for it, but I kind of feel like if you really want that, the war mode's already there. If you want you want an unpredictably harder leveling experience, there you go. Level in, in war mode. You know, and then then you can PvP and have that. But I, I know some say, people don't want to PvP. With war mode, that pits you against other players to make it more difficult. What they're suggesting, I think, is that you could turn on a questing mode, a, a difficult questing mode, and you wouldn't. The difficulty wouldn't be provided by other players. It would be provided by the game itself. Like it would no, ramp I up. I understand. I, I get. I get it. But I honestly don't feel like. I almost feel like you shouldn't get more experience for doing that because it's already. Leveling is already really fast in terms of the amount of experience you get. It's, I'd almost say instead you should get better gear. One of the things, I don't know if you know this, when they rejiggered it, uh, leveling the last time, they made it so every piece of gear you get from quests has a chance to go up in quality. Yep. Like, and uh, I've been getting like a lot of epics. Unfortunately, I'm wearing heirlooms because, you know, I'm, I want more experience. Uh, but I do think it would be interesting if they had like a, a leveling mode where if you succeeded, you'd have a chance at better gear. Like it would increase the chance of that, you know, green turning into a purple or maybe even straight up buff, you know, now it just is a purple. If you complete this quest, you're going to get epic gear instead. Stuff like that. I don't, I don't know if we need to get more experience for it. Cause quite frankly, getting experience isn't the problem right now. Um, it's more along the lines of what are you doing? Like the, rather than that, I don't know how else to put it. I, I, I feel like, it almost wouldn't be a proper reward to level faster. Like you're already leveling very fast, even with scaling zones. I leveled out of, of outland and Northrend without finishing a single zone. Yeah. I got halfway through each of the starting zones and then I was done. So I don't feel like, you know, making it harder to get more experience. 
doesn't feel like a good trade. I feel like if you're going to make it harder, it should be for something else. Maybe increased gold, uh, increased items. Maybe if you if you decide to level faster, they should turn off heirlooms. Like you know what I mean? If you go if you want to go hard mode, then you have to turn off heirlooms. You can't use them. And that way, leveling you getting experience would be a reward because you're not going to automatically have you know good gear every level. Does that make sense? Because right now heirlooms basically make it so you don't. Like, you don't remove like half of your gear doesn't come off until you hit max level at this point. Yeah. Like, you know, the, so I don't mind the hard mode level, but I think it should definitely not, it shouldn't play well with, with heirlooms. You should be picking one or the other. Otherwise you're just going to fly through levels. It's imagine if you had like a hundred percent boosted XP because you have full heirlooms and you're doing hard mode, hard mode leveling, you will fly through stuff. And that after a while yeah. leveling where you level fast, doesn't feel like anything. It's like, why am I doing this? It, it just so that's that's where I am on that. I do. I think if they're going to do it, they need to figure out how they're going to deal with heirlooms and possibly turn them off entirely. But yeah. I, I'm already kind of anti heirloom anyway. <laughs> heirlooms were good when it took a while to level, but now that it doesn't take a while to level, they just seem kind of I don't know. I get what people like. It them. makes a fast using experience them. even faster. Yeah, I'm using them myself, so I can't really say that I'm you know don't get it, but. Oh yeah, I do feel like maybe they're they're out of control, and especially if you start adding in other systems too. Like if you started adding in a system where quests are harder and give more XP, now you're gonna you're it's getting crazy. It's like if you if you ever leveled a monk and you'd go and do the daily quest to get the XP bonus, you level so fast doing that. Yeah, yeah. I had to remember we were doing the the leveling stream originally, and I was playing a monk. Yeah. I had to never do that quest. Yeah, because if I did that quest, forget it. I, I would be like, you know, in the stream, I would get twice the levels everybody else did. So, yeah. Yep. That's my well, take on it. I don't know what you think. Yeah. I'm kind of along the same lines on that. I don't know. I, I like the idea of there being more difficult, like being a heroic questing mode. I think that's kind of cool. Like if you want that challenge of quests being super hard to complete, you could, you could totally opt in and do that. I, I think that's an interesting concept, but I don't necessarily know if getting an experience boost is really the way to go with that or if it should be something else. It's it's an interesting idea because the thing is, is like with Dungeons and Raids, we have difficulty levels on Dungeons and Raids. So why not have a difficulty level with questing altogether? I, I think that that, that there's initial something concept to that idea. Is, yeah, there's yeah. something to that idea that I do like, but I, I don't I don't know if just slapping on more experience is really the way to go. I think it's, to me, it's kind of like the inverse of that argument for that Sekiro game where people are like, this should have an easy mode so people can see the story. I feel like if games want to put in a hard mode, that's not a problem. It's, it's, it should be there for players who want it. Just make sure you figure out how best to reward it. Like rewarding it with, with more experience right now feels like dumping fuel on a fire that's already going pretty fast. That would be my stake on it. Yeah. Okay, well, that's going to wrap us up for emails. That's also going to wrap us up for the show. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you for reading this for us, Anne. Uh, guys, if again, if you have a podcast email, please send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for the show. This has been the blizzard watch podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here with us and we'll be here next week. 